guys are like, what the heck? Why are we starting so early? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Find a seat, lots of seats available. I don't know about you, but Sunday has got to be my favorite day of the week. Sunday's got to be my favorite day of the week because it's when we get together as a church family to worship, to praise the Lord, to like we're doing now, coming out and you know, you guys love each other so much, you don't even want to stop talking. So, we'll just wait for you guys. Go ahead. Guys. Whenever you guys are done, we'll, we'll just we'll go ahead and we'll get started. You know, you never know what's going to happen if you do miss a Sunday. It, it seems like, you know, every week that we're here, I can't count how many miracles that we experience, you know, whether that's somebody giving their life to Christ, whether that's somebody getting baptized. I, I mean, even last Sunday, I was thinking, it seems like a lifetime ago, you know, Dan and Brian are all, you know, in the Philippines now riding around on motorcycles and whatnot. And I mean, and it is just such, such a beautiful thing. So, I really believe that since you came here today, like God is going to move powerfully in your life. So I would just come expecting, come expecting God to do a miracle in our life, in your life, because we serve a miracle working God. Amen. What he did for one person, he'll do it for you. If they got healed, he'll heal you. Right. If they got blessed, he'll bless you. Right. He's not a respecter of persons. We serve a good God. And we're going to have a great time in the Lord today. Amen? Amen? And we like to start with worship because, you know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And, you know, if you look at, like, the little views that we have in heaven in the book of Revelation, you see all the people, crowds of people, a, a, a tribe, a multitude of, of, of many uh, different tribes, tongues, and nations. And they're all coming together and they're worshiping before the Lord. They're worshiping the, the, the glory of God is filling all of heaven right now. And so when we worship together, I just, I just picture us joining in with heaven's worship. Amen? Because really that's our home. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're, we're in the world and we're not of the world. So although, you know, right now we're sitting in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, like my home is in heaven. Amen? So we're singing with all those who went before us, right? And right now we're going to worship the Lord together. And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to move in our lives. And, you know, something happens when you worship that, you know, sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit ministers in a way that we can't explain. And sometimes we just come to church and we're just carrying those heavy burdens. And guess what? When we start praising the Lord... And we start lifting our hands and we enter in and we start singing. All of a sudden, God comes in and just starts doing what he does. Starts bringing life, starts bringing joy, starts bringing peace, starts bringing hope, starts building faith. That you know what? I can make it another day. Not only can I make it, I can succeed, I can thrive, I can do great things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your miraculous, miracle-working power, Lord. So we just thank you, Lord, and we just praise you, Lord, that we can give you praise, that we have breath in our lungs, Lord, that, that we have another day, another day alive, Lord, that we can serve you, that we can praise you, that we can see your hand move mightily in everything that we do. So, Lord, we just commend this service into your hands, and we say, have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Before we get started, I just want to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, Debbie's in the back. She's selling Afghan blankets. Uh, she's going to help us with a worship team. See the screen right here. I know you guys can't really see because it's very hard to see. But for a new projector, it's going to be like $2,000 to fix that viewing problem there. So Debbie took it upon herself to make all these Afghan blankets, and I can't do or do anything like that, so I know it took a lot of time to do that. So she's selling them back there to help raise money for our screen up here. So if you guys would take a look and just look back there and, and just help us out uh, to get a new screen so that you guys can view better and see better throughout there because I know it's hard sometimes. Also, next week we'll be selling, like, pumpkin rolls and, like, little fall stuff. So just give... Take a chance to look back there and just and just look around, see if you like anything, because this is going to help us here as a team. We don't really ask a lot for anything around here, but I feel like this could be a, a, a big game changer for you guys so you guys can see and view and not have to, you know, not see. So $2,000 is the goal. That's what we're trying to reach, and I'm going to believe God is he's going to, he's going to get there and he's going to do what he's going to do to, to, to get that screen here in place. So once again, I'm just going to pray us up because I know my God is a big God. And I know we ask for favors and ask for things. He gives us to it. He gives it to us. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for just being in this place today, Lord. And I ask that you just clear these people's hearts and their minds right now so that they can receive you this morning, Father. Father, fill their hearts, fill their wounds right now, Lord. Father, just fill them up with your love and your joy, Lord. Allow them to just seek you and see you in times of trial. Allow them to realize we are nothing without you, Lord. And that you are a shoulder to cry on, that you are a shoulder to lean on when we need you, Father. So, Father, give these people the courage to step out and turn away from their past and turn away from the wrongs they're doing, Lord. And to surrender everything to you this morning, Father. And in your name we pray. Amen.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time of your just worshiping in your name, Lord. Uh, Father, as we get ready to continue this service, Lord, clear our minds and clear our hearts so that we can receive this morning, receive you and you only. Father, I put a special protection upon the kids this morning as they get ready to hear your word, Lord. Father, a lot of them ask questions, a lot of them seek you, Lord. Give these teachers the strength to preach and teach your word, Father. Uh, give these teachers their encouragement to just say, I surrender my life for these kids, Father. That I just want what's best for them, Lord. Father, show these teachers the foundation that you have, Lord, so that they can build these kids up in your name and your kingdom, Father. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the time. All the time. And all the time. God is good. How great is our God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. As we prepare our hearts this morning for the offering, I'm going to ask the ushers to come ahead and come forth. But before we do, I just wanted to uh, take this moment. My name's David. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm the chaplain at the Beaver County Jail now. Um, and I just wanted to take this moment to thank, say thanks to Rick and New Hope Church. We're doing something special for the inmates this year. They've never had anything done for them for the Thanksgiving holiday. So many of the inmates there that will be there during Thanksgiving don't know Jesus either. So we're going to do something special this year. We're going to give them a meal supported by Beaver County area churches uh, from Chick-fil-A. And we're going to hope that they'll come enjoy the meal and also hear a testimony from someone that will give them food for their soul and their spirit also. Many come in there. They're very full of hopelessness very full of a cycle of continuing to come back and we hope to break that cycle through them hearing the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and how great that love is that can break every chain break every chain so you know what's so wonderful about New Hope Church is is you're coming to a church that truly sees themselves as the kingdom of God reaching out into a community they're not building their own kingdom, they're building the kingdom of God, right? And so we know that we're just stewards of everything that God gives us. And New Hope exemplifies that in recognizing that, hey, we're here for such a short time, but we're here for a time such as this, that we can reach the lost, bring them into the kingdom of darkness, set them free from the domain of darkness, and help them come over to the kingdom of light in the beloved son so we're so thankful that new hope has partnered with us and is sharing to help us make this come to life for those inmates at thanksgiving and so it'll happen the day before thanksgiving i pray that y'all will pray for the inmates to come i know that sounds crazy but a lot of the inmates there they get so apathetic that they sit and play cards and watch TV and won't even get up to come to a meal, okay? 
So pray for that. Pray that God uses this to bring many into the kingdom. Thank you. Let's, now let's just pray for this morning's offering. Father, first and foremost, we thank you for your great love. For it's out of your hands that you gave your very best gift. Your only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That we can say today that blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. That you gave him so we might truly know what love is. Lord, thank you for changing our hearts. Not leaving us in darkness, but bringing us into the light. And giving us your nature. We thank you, Lord, that our nature is now your your nature is now ours, and we are givers by heart. So, Lord, as we give, as you've given unto us, may you bless this offering and use it for your kingdom so that many might to come to know that great love. And we know that you'll use it greatly, and for this we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. As the ushers make their way around, I just want to uh, just remind you guys the different stuff that we have here midweek, uh, Monday night, Celebrate Recovery. Uh, Tuesday night, we have a women's Bible study that's off-site. I, it's at Sands Daycare. I forget the address. I want to say 2920 Dust Avenue, but that might be wrong. But it, it's, it's right down there where Sands Daycare, a lot of you guys have been to uh, Shelly's uh, daycare facility. It's up on, uh, it's up on top. Uh, Champion Canines on the bottom. So, might want to be careful with wandering in there. Might meet a dog, you know, down there. But um, and then on the top. So there's a women's Bible study on Tuesday night. Wednesday night is our uh, our regular, uh, just regular family Bible study. That's in the green room, which is in the. Uh, Schoolhouse building, go up the steps, first door on the right. And um, there's some other things here. Um, so uh, Sherry wants to start getting the kids ready for uh, Christmas play. I mean, we're prepping for Christmas already, so we're kind of getting ready for that season already. Um, and so uh, November 18th is going to be the first practice, and that's going to be on Saturdays from 3 to 5. Do you have age groups for that? No? All right, just come if you want to be uh, in the play. You know, we'll find a place for you. We got a place for uh, kids of all shapes and sizes. And also, there's been a sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, it may be covered with Afghans at the current moment, but um, there was a sign-up sheet for uh, if you wanted. A lot of people had asked for, for hoodies um, for the winter time. Um, the original sign-up was for Got Hope hoodies. I know a lot of people want the I go to that church hoodies. Um, so if you could specify um, in the back, and if you still wanted one, just go ahead and sign up in the back so we can go ahead and get those uh, ordered. And uh, with that, we'll get to today's message. Are you guys ready for the word? All right. So, hey, we've been, uh, we started a series. We kicked it off on Friday. And the series is on financial breakthrough. Financial breakthrough. Is there anybody here who's ready to have a financial breakthrough? All right. We got about half. I, you know, I feel like everybody should be like, yeah, I'm ready for like 
a finance. Other people are like, nah, I'm good, man. I like ramen noodles, man. We want, we want more. But, but I, I really heard, I really heard that, uh, I, I feel the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what, it's time for the church to have a, a financial breakthrough. And so I realized that uh, for a lot of people that, um, you know, kind of talking uh, in church about money is kind of a sensitive issue. Some people have a knee-jerk reaction. Some people get saved. Their wallet never gets saved. But um, they get saved. And so people are like, oh, you know, here they go and, and talk about money. But listen, I, I don't want anybody in here to be struggling. I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to have my car repoed. I know what it is to have my phone ringing with people that I owe money to. I know what it is to go and sit with bankruptcy lawyers. I've been through all that. I know that that is not a good thing. And I don't want you to be struggling with your family. You don't have enough money to get healthy food for your family. You're barely making ends meet, worried about keeping the lights on. If your car breaks down, it's like a major emergency. I believe that God has something better for you. And it, it's not just having enough. Jesus said that I've came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. So we're talking about abundance. Abundance isn't just a matter of, okay, hey, I made it. I just have, have enough. No, abundance means that I have, I have more than enough. It's, it's not just, I want you to believe God for, for more than just meeting your family's needs. But what if your neighbor... What if your neighbor gets hungry and they don't have enough food? What if they're about to get their lights shut off? What if they need help with a car repair? I want you to be able to be an ambassador of the kingdom who walks in a place of abundance and say, you know what, Jesus loves you so much that he gave me more than enough for me and you because Jesus loves you. You be that instrument of God's blessing here on the earth. And even more than that, I, I want you to have the, the resources to be able to give and to, to build programs that push back the kingdom of darkness here in the world, worried about like getting people saved. We, we were talking about um, you know, Trey and, and Tay and Bo, a bunch of the worship team. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to have the money to go around to all the different towns and set up stages and have giveaways and have crusades all around Beaver County and Pittsburgh, right? That would, be, that, that would be awesome to be able to support missions work, the gospel going all around the world, to be able to build more recovery homes, to be able to start an after-school program, building Christ-centered alternatives to uh, the public schools, being able to feed the hungry, expand our, our feeding program, build shelters, house the homeless, all these things matter to the heart of God, and they all cost money. So if, if you're here and, and you're hearing like, yeah, I just want to get more wealth so that I can have a nice car and nice clothes and a, and a big house, you've missed the true reason, which the true reason to have wealth and allow wealth to, to flow through you is to be able to resource the building of the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen? It's just like, you know, I'm so thankful that, uh, that, that Dave is the new chaplain there because he comes there with new ideas and, 
and a lot of broken people, and he's there doing innovative ideas to reach the lost. They never had a Thanksgiving dinner. You're eating crappy, you know, jail food, and then there's, hey, you know what, there's going to be Chick-fil-A, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go get some Chick-fil-A, and then they go there, and, and, and they hear the gospel message, and how many know that the gospel is the power to salvation? And so we are able to support a part of that because you guys are, are able to give. So that stuff is important. We're talking about souls. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about changing people's life. So I believe that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing here in this world. Amen. So how do we, how do we build wealth in our life? So very practically, we take the time and talent that God has given us and we build an income by working. The Bible says that if a man shall not work, he shall not eat. If you shall not work, you shall not eat. So we are expected to, to work and be productive. And the Bible tells us to work that job not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. And as we do that, we'll begin to build an income and finances will begin to flow into our life. Now the key is, is that we don't want... We don't want our expenses, that is what we have to live on, we don't want to have that to exceed the income that we live on. So we want to bring in more than what we're spending, amen. If you want to put that next slide up, so uh, ideally where you would be is you would be living on about 70% of your income. So if, if it cost you about $3,000 a month for your expenses, Ideally, you'd want to be making a minimum of about $4,000. And then that difference between what's flowing into your life and what's going out is, is called a margin. And then we use that margin to, to give, to save, to invest, to create even, even more wealth. And, and, and through that, then we can become wealthy. We can become financially secure and we can be that instrument of blessing here on the earth. So right now you might be feeling a little bit like, okay, well like, I'm just getting by right now. I'm barely making it. Sometimes I got more month than, than money left over. Well, we're going to help you with that over the next couple weeks. Today we're going to talk about being able to, to raise your income and and God has given a gift, and he's, putting a gift, he's put a gift in each and every one of our lives. And when we learn to discover that gift and use that dominant gift, right, our, the, the gift will make room. That's what it says in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So you might be in a place right now where you're like, okay, well, hey, I, I, that sounds all good, but, but I'm kind of I'm just giving by. But, but today I want you to be able to just be able to believe for something better for yourself. Be able to believe for something better for your family. Come into agreement with God's word. We serve a mighty God. We serve El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. We serve Jehovah Jireh, the God who 
provides. We serve a God who's able to feed 5,000 people when we just bring them a couple fish and a couple loaves. Begin to believe that God wants to prosper you and begin to believe that God wants you to be an instrument of his blessing here on earth. Could I get an amen? It starts with a, a mind state. That's what we talked about on Friday. Most of what holds us back isn't the family that we were born into. It's not our situation. It's not the things that happen to us. A lot of times it's our mind state that, that we don't believe that we can ever walk in a place of abundance. You know, we talked about like, you know, Children's Rescue Initiative and, and what a blessing it would be to uh, be able to just write a check and, and then see uh, multiple kids rescued out of uh, human slavery and sex trafficking. And how what a shame it is that, that people are stuck in that kind of lifestyle just simply because there's not enough money to resource the people and the equipment to get overseas. But, but if you will just come into alignment with what I'm going to be preaching over the next couple weeks, I believe that God's going to take you into a place called abundance. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Is there anyone blessed in here today? A couple people blessed. Well, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. It's, it's sorrow-free blessing. And your lot in life does not have to be to struggle anymore or, or to just accept crumbs or to constantly be begging for people to meet your needs. God can make you, He can bless your life, He can put you in a place of abundance, and He can make you into a person who meets other people's needs. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray, and I'm going to get into this message. That's just my introduction. Amen. Hope you didn't have any plans this afternoon. Nah, just kidding. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, and I thank you that you're a good father. And I thank you, Lord, that you want to bring us into a place of breakthrough. Lord, I thank you that it is your will to prosper your children. Lord, and I pray that we would see everything that flows into our hands as a gift from God that we would see ourselves as stewards of God, and that we would be here to do great, mighty, and wonderful things through your hands, in Jesus' name, amen. So when I first got out of the army, I, um, I just wanted to get a job. I was a little bit scared. I didn't, I had very little money left in my savings. I planned on staying in the army. I, I kind of switch course really quick and and decided I was going to get out and the problem with that is I planned to stay in so I didn't save any money I spent all my money on traveling around Europe which I don't regret but you know I was getting out with a new baby I was newly married and I, I just grabbed kind of the first job I could so I was working in this warehouse and it was a big food warehouse and uh, it was miserable um, it was like you, you worked in a big freezer, and so you kind of rode around on this pallet jack, and you had to wear a snowsuit and a tassel cap, and you were just kind of grabbing cases of meat and everything. And, you know, it was like a, a whole, wholesale place for 
you know, prisons and restaurants and stuff like that. And I remember I was, I was just riding around, and I was so, I was so miserable, you know. I, I really was. I mean, I, I hated the job, and, but, you know, I, I had to make, I, I wanted to make a living, and I wanted to get a place for my new family, and there ended up being one of the supervisors that was um, a sister of a girl who I went to high school with, and she's like, you know, every once in a while, the supervisors would walk around with you, and it was kind of just to like, you know, critique you and stuff like that. And so she's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you around today. And she just started talking. And she said, you know, I was talking to my sister. Like, is this really the job that you want to do, like, the rest of your life? Like, you're so much more gifted and you're so much, you have so much more talent than to just work in this place. Like, I really believe that you can do better. And she was the supervisor. You know, and at that time, it was kind of like challenging me. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, it, it was a, a union job, and, and it was pretty good pay, and it had benefits um, for that time. And, and, I just, and I just took it. And I think one of the big mistakes that we make is we chase after money. So that when we go and we look for a job, we're like, okay, how much does the job pay? What are the benefits? And that's the first thing we think of, how secure is, is the job. And, and you, can get, you can get a job that pays really good, and you can be miserable for the rest of your life. Looking for that day when one day you'll retire, and then, you know, you can actually enjoy your life. And what nobody really told me is that wouldn't it be smarter to look and to see the way that, that God has wired me. What are the gifts and talents that God has placed inside of me? What is, what, what is my passion? What is my calling from God? And if I can get in alignment with that to, to how God designed me and then pursue that, then that's the thing that will lead me to the greatest income. So we look at how am I designed? How did God build me? What, what is my calling? And then I follow after, I follow after that. You know, the Bible says that we are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's each one of you. That, that, that God knew you even before you were in your mother's womb. And that, and that he knit you skillfully in your mother's womb. And he weaved you together with a unique personality with a unique set of gifts and talents that's different from any other single person in the, the whole world. And, and, and basically, he, he decided the time that you would live and the place that you would live. And he has a plan and purpose for you. And when God created the world, he put a seed in every living thing so that it could reproduce after itself. So why did God do that? He did that because as he created the world and, and he declared everything to be good and he created man and woman and declared them to be very good, he placed a seed inside of them and he said, I want you to be partners in my creative work. I'm going to put everything in you. And, and he provided the life, he, he provided the fellowship, and he provided 
direction, but it was up to the man and the woman that he created in his very own likeness, in his very own image to be fruitful and to multiply. In other words, I put everything in you that you need. I put you in a perfect place. Now go forth and, and spread my glory all throughout the world and, and start families and build communities and build cities that represents the kingdom of heaven. So work was always necessary. There was always a part that, that, that we would work, but it really didn't become a burden until after the fall. And a lot of the reasons why work is a burden for us still today is because we're working in a job or we're working in a field that is outside of the place that God called us to work at. It's outside of the gifting set that God placed in our heart. And so we're kind of working in this place and it's kind of like putting a square peg in a round hole. And we're wondering why we're so burnt out and we're so tired and, and we're, we're arguing with our boss and stuff because we're unhappy about where we're at. So God's put a gift in each and every one of us. And it can be a mix of gifts. But it's a talent and it's, and it's ability. It's, it's a mix of talents and abilities. And they just come natural to you. And also because he knows the beginning from the end. He's the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. He knew that there would be a problem ahead of time. So when he designed you to live at that certain time. He had your gifts and your talents made to solve a problem that was already going to be existing and we when we discover our gift in our life and we understand the problem that we are to solve then we call that a calling things link up are you with me this morning and there's a quote that I read I think it was from Mark Twain and it says the two most important days in your life are when you were born and when you found out find out why you were born I would obviously throw in the day you got saved as kind of being one of the most important days of your life. But, but, but the point is, is that God put a seed inside of you. He put a gift inside of you. And the world needs your gift. The world needs what God has placed inside of you. And when you discover that gift and you use that gift to solve a problem... It puts you on a path where work ceases to be a burden because you're working right in the place where God wants you to work, right where God called you to work, and then that gift will make room for you. That gift will, will be the thing that, that elevates you. Your gift will be the thing that, that lifts you up and, and puts you in front of important people. Your gifting is where you'll thrive at. And your gifting is where you'll get the most reward and the most income from. And so God gives you a gift and he also expects you to use that gift. He expects you to use your, your time and talent that you've been given. And you will be held accountable for what he's given you. Your life and the gifts and the talents that he has put inside of you is, is, is your gift from God. But what you do with the talents and the gifts and your life, however long it may be, what you do with that is your gift back to God. 
And so I want to look at a scripture verse. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open up there, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 4. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. So all you religious people can email me later about how you don't like the Passion Translation, but... I've read through this in both, and I, and I like the way that, that it puts it here. Romans chapter 12, verse 4, if you're there, say amen. It says, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many... We've all been mingled into one body in Christ. That means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. You know that you and I are vitally joined. You know, people always say, well, I just want to be by myself. I just feel all by myself. We need one another. There's a gift that you have that I don't have. There's a gift that the people around you have that you don't have. And when you choose not to use your gifts, then you hurt the entire body. Because there's something that God's put inside of you that the world needs. And you need to do that to the fullest. Let's go on to verse 6. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activa activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. If you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So obviously this list is not an exhaustive list of every gift that, that, that's available, but I like it in the Passion Translation because it calls it a grace gift. This isn't something that you earn. This is something that, that God, in God's grace, he put it into your life. He, he implanted a seed inside of you. Did you know that you have seeds of greatness inside of you? Each and every one of you that's in here, you have a seed of greatness inside of you that has been deposited inside you by God because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made to rise up. You were made to rise to the top. You were made to be the head and, and, and not the tail. You were made to be above and, and, and not beneath. You are God's child, the child of a king. And you have a mighty purpose and, and a mighty calling. And, and the secret to unlocking that is to find your gift and use it to the fullest capacity. If you believe it, say amen. 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 
And so, how do you find your gift? Well, first of all, I'm going to take you through three D's just because it's easy to remember. You're going to discover, you're going to de develop, and you're going to deploy. You're going to discover your gift, then you have to develop that gift, and then you have to deploy that gift. So first of all, what is the gift that God has given you? Well, I think you could always start with prayer, right? The Bible says that if any of us lack wisdom, that we can pray and that God will give us wisdom. Do you think that God has a purpose for your life and he wants to keep it secret from you? Right? He wants you to fulfill your purpose. He doesn't want it to, to be a secret. So when you pray, you ask God and say, Lord, what did you put me here for? What, how do you want to use me? What have you given me in my life that, 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 that the world needs? And just pray. And, and here's the thing. Listen. Listen to his voice. You can look back at your childhood. A lot of times, a lot of our gifts at our childhood, we, we kind of discover our gifts. They just come naturally. It's just a desire that we had in our heart ever since we were a child. And then we kind of just, we, we get into high school and we become adults. And then we meet a whole bunch of dream squashers who tell us that, you know, that you can't do what you really want to do, that what you've dreamed of, that you want to do, it's not practical, you'll never make money blah, 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 you know, and, and so we kind of put it on the shelf, but we, we realize that we have that dream that God put inside of us, and, and we need to go back there, and we need to dust that dream off, and, and, and we need to, to be faithful to the way that, that, that God created us. My, my, my daughter Taylor has a gift of teaching. She has a gift of, of teaching children, and that gift was present in her from the time she was a little kid, um, you know, my wife has a big family. I have tons of nieces and nephews, and they would come over the house, and when they came over our house, like Taylor would make them. They all had to sit around and be the students, and then she would be the teacher, and she would kind of have like her pretend chalkboard and stuff. So from the time that she was little, she wanted to teach. She had a desire to be a teacher, and then she went to high school, and all the teachers basically tried to talk her out of teaching. You don't want to teach. You know, you're not going to make a lot of money. There's no jobs, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Your gift makes room. And I remember we had a conversation, and she's like, I want to go to college. I want to, I want to go for teaching. I feel that that's where, what I'm called to do, but all these teachers are telling me that I'm never going to get a job, and I don't want to teach, and it's too hard, and, and you're not making enough money. And I remember we had that conversation. I said, this has been in your heart for, from the time that you were little. This is a way that God's wired you. You go to school, you follow the path that God has for you, and your gift will make room. She, she graduated in December. She graduated a semester early in December, and literally within two weeks, she had a job teaching second grade at State Street Elementary School. Your gift makes room. Amen. So like a lot of people will tell you why you can't do it. The, you know, a lot of people will give you a lot of bad advice. 
A lot of you guys need to check the people around you that you're taking advice from. I mean, number one, do these people even know God? If they don't, it's probably not a good place to take advice from. Number two, have they done and accomplished things that you want to accomplish? Because, you know, a lot of times free advice is, is worth exactly what you pay for it. It's not good. If God's put a dream in your heart, then follow that. And so ask God, pray, look back at your childhood, see where your desires are. And then uh, if you want to take any assessments, you know, there, there's assessments that are, that are out there. Judah's trying Taylor's gift of teaching and being patient with children right now. It's like, oh yeah? Gave her a gift. Let's see how that, let's see what happens right now. And there's assessments that you can take as well. I just don't want you to, to get yourself put in a box, but you can look around online. Uh, there was a link on our website. I can see if it's still in there. There's things like spiritual gifts test. There's tests that will test uh, strength, like your strengths test. There's disc tests. There's a million different self-assessment tests that you could find. And I would just encourage you to really take some time to see how God wired you and really see the gifts that God has put in you and then align your career path with those gifts. And that's how you'll be successful. But it, it's not enough. Your gift is a seed. It's, it, it's in raw form. You know, and it's just like if we get a seed, like if you get a seed to, uh, you know, say, a to, uh, do a tomato plant, you got a tomato seed. In that seed is the potential for a plant. But you got to put it in the right soil. You got to fertilize it. You got to nurture it as it grows. You got to get one of them sticks so it doesn't fall over and go on the ground, right? You got to do a lot. So, just like because you have a natural gift, you have to develop your gift. You should work on yourself as hard as you work on your job. Work on developing yourself. You are your greatest asset. Work on developing yourself. So many people graduate high school, they graduate college, and then they just stagnate for the rest of their life. Develop that gift. Learn new, read new books. Watch videos. Take courses. Learn. And if you think you have a gift, you can serve. Sometimes, if, if, you know, if your gift is new and you say, hey, I really have this desire to, to, to be in this area, you might not be developed to a point where people want to pay you for that. So guess what? You might have to serve and you might have to work for free. Oh, I'm not working for free anywhere. I'm not doing that. Well, how much does it cost you to go to college? 30000 40000 50000 a year? You know, if you said, hey, I really like to get into it, I'll do whatever it takes to, to train. I remember, um, you know, I, I, I began to feel this calling in my life that, that, that God wanted me to be a pastor. So I had a calling. I had some, some raw talent. But, but I wasn't seasoned. I had so much more to learn. I'm still learning and I'm still, 
you know, trying to grow, but, but, but I had to serve in, a, in an area, and I had to say, you know what, I'll, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to preach anytime I get a chance to preach, even if it's to a group of, you know, 10 people, I'm going to preach. I'm not going to expect any kind of payment. I mean, I was bivocational for multiple years. Why? Because I had to develop the gift that was inside of me. I had to read books on how to preach, on, on, on how to communicate better. I had to take classes, develop classes. And, and it went from a, a place where I had an undeveloped gift. I remember this one lady, she was trying to give me a compliment. She said, yeah, I remember the first time I heard you preach. It was horrible. <laughs> but you're okay now. It's like, man, I don't know if you're trying to compliment me or... Or, or insult me, you know, I mean, I didn't think it was horrible, I mean, I know it wasn't like maybe the best, but it wasn't horrible, you know, but you got to start somewhere, you can't preach a good sermon until you preach a bad one, right, so you got to take every opportunity that, that, that you're given, and the problem is a lot of people want to start at the top, and it doesn't work like that, you have to put your time in to, to, to develop your, your gift, maybe you say, hey, I, I want to I want to, you know, speak to groups of people. Maybe it would be a good idea for you to start serving in Sunday school with the children. Start somewhere, right? I'm going to start teaching the kids the Bible lessons. And then, you know, maybe I'll move up and I'll, and, and I'll help with the youth group. And then maybe I'll help with a Bible study and, and just do it. At, and as you serve, then the skills in your life will begin to develop. I was taking a course on video production, and, and the guy was talking about how, you know, he, he's making tons of money in videos, but he literally would volunteer to do people's weddings for free. Hey, I'll come and I'll, I'll videotape your wedding for free. Why? Because he had to develop his gift. He didn't have a portfolio. He didn't have a bunch of stuff that he did. So he wasn't, people weren't going to pam. They weren't going to drop a bunch of money. To somebody who's unproven. So he said, hey, I'll come and I'll, I'll do your wedding. I'll do your video. I'll take your pictures for free. He was developing his gift. He would take products that, that he owned around his house that he really liked. If he liked a certain pair of boots, he would actually film a, a commercial and a promotion for those boots and not get paid and send it to the company to say, hey, I really like your boots. This is a video production I put together. Why? He had to develop his gift. So once you discover your gift, then you got to go through the, the place to develop your gift. And as you develop your gift, and as it gets better and better, guess what? You're going to be in a room one day where somebody's going to notice you. And they're going to say, wow, that person is really gifted. I could really use them. And your gift will make room for you. And it will put you in front of great men. And you will multiply. You will expand. And you will begin to walk into abundance. Because God put greatness inside of each and every one of you. And I'm believing for big things. I'm, I'm believing to, to grow this year. And I want you to believe for big things for your own life as well. And developing that gift is a big part of you prospering. Or of you prospering because when you learn how to tap into that gift and and God begins to prosper you and and you begin to learn godly contentment and and kind of stay out of debt and if you're in debt get 
get rid of that debt and you kind of step into God's flow of sowing and reaping, then you'll be amazed where God will take you. You'll be amazed. I've seen God people, people come in here and, and they're, 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 they're broke, they're disgusted, they're down, they can't be trusted, they, you know, they're bouncing from house to house and all of a sudden they grab on to God's principles and, and you look around and you're like, wow, like, I remember back when, you know, they were bouncing from house to house. They couldn't even get somebody to rent to them. Now they just look like a suburban soccer mom because God raised them up and, and he, he, he began to prosper them and put them in a good place. And I want you to hear this. It's, it's, by, it's by faithfulness and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So it, so it may not happen overnight, but listen, if you stay faithful to God, if you line your thoughts and your words up to who God says you are and you follow his plan, then you can be a financial sign and wonder to your own generation. Because I believe that together we're going to leave a mark on this generation. Because it's not about us. What about our children? What about our children? What about our, our, our grandchildren? This isn't about money just to, just to have a lot of money. It, it's about our descendants. It's about leaving this place better, better for our kids. Like our community does not have to fall apart. It doesn't have to go backwards. We don't, we don't have to enter into a post-Christian society like most of Europe. We can have a revival. We can bring people to Christ. We can be the salt and light in our community. We can get called to the the places where the devil has people bound like in, in prisons and out on the streets and we can say devil no more this here we're, we're we're covered in the blood jesus called us he said occupy until i come and a lot of people are just content with just allowing everything to fall apart and allow somebody else to to fix it but but it's our job to occupy until he comes. It's our job to leave an inheritance to our children and our children's children. And that's not just finances, that's faith. It's our job to grow and build the kingdom of God. It, it's, it's our job to be the lighthouse on the hill and together we will come together and we'll trust God and we'll believe God and our descendants will live and possess the land. Could I get an amen? amen. I, gave, I gave a whole list on Friday night, but I'm going to say it again just in case you missed it. Worship team, you can make your way up. Hope's Haven will be officially open in January 2024. We had our occupancy inspection, and all we need to do is hang up fire alarms. Amen. Amen. Our kitchen is this close to being open. We just need a guy to come and finish the Ansel system. We're going to put that drop ceiling in there. We already have almost all the materials. And, and I'm believing God that we can use that kitchen and we can expand food distribution to this community. And we can also have a hot lunch almost every single day, if not every day, for the people that are here and the people in the community. We're going to continue to work on building a, a, a prison ministry that, that groups of us will actually be able to, to go into the jail 
during the week, and, and that'll serve as a bridge as we build relationships that we're uniquely positioned to go into these prisons and not just to give a Bible study, but actually have a plan where when they leave the jail, they can come to our men's recovery home and continue their discipleship and turn their life around for the things of God. It's an open door that, that God is, has given us, and we're talking about opening up a, a, a youth after-school program, and, and we're going to have a summer camp for our youth kids. It's going to be bigger and better than it ever was before. We're going to continue to, to support and partner with Children's Rescue Initiative, and, and that's just the beginning of what you and I are going to get to be a part of. It's God's work, and we get to be a part of it. We're going to build this thing here called the Beaver County Miracle Center. And I, I believe that this is a place that books are going to be written about. I believe that this is a place that people are going to come from all around the country to partner with, to volunteer at, to do missions work, and to get an anointing that they can take it back to their neighborhood. Amen? To see how a, a church can really impact a community. Before I close, I just, I want to give you the opportunity if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm not going to take a long time to do this, but it really starts there. You can't follow God's plan for your life until you follow God. You can't follow God's plan for your life until you can make your connection with God. And to do that, you need to have your sins forgiven, you need to get the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you need to commit your life to following Jesus for all your days. And you do that, and you'll live a blessed life. You'll find life, and you'll find it more abundantly. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, and, and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want you to stick a hand up if there's anybody in here. guys can all open your eyes. Praise God, because I guess we're all Christians. We're all saved. Amen. What a beautiful thing. These relationships that we have in the church, these just aren't the relationships that we'll be with each other on Sunday. You know, these relationships go into eternity. Amen. But how many people out there that you're in relationship with today, that you, the people that you work with, the people that you live next to, how many of them don't know Jesus? How many of them never have had Jesus? They're looking for the thing that you have. And so I'm going to trust you to, to open your mouth and begin to invite people to church and you know, right there, that, that flag and those three bullets, we did the memorial for our brother Kirk on Monday night. And people started getting a slogan. They said, you know what, we need to live like Kirk. We need to live like Kirk. You know what Kirk did? When he knew that it might be he was on the way out, he shared Jesus with every single person, every single nurse, every single doctor, every single patient. Don't wait. 
Don't wait until your time is running out. Start today. Share Jesus. Be the salt and light in this world. And if we could stand to our feet, we're going to go out here with praise. And we're going to go out here with joy. And I want to tell you, I didn't bring you here to just give you a motivational speech. There's seeds of greatness inside each and every one of you. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he created you just like you are so that you could find greatness. We could just raise our hands to heaven. Lord, I just pray right now. I pray that each person in here would find their gift. That they would find their calling. That they would find their passion. Lord, and I pray that you would open up that door. That they, that, that they would be able to work in their passion and in their life. Lord, I thank you that you are our provider. I thank you that you are the God of more than enough. I thank you that you are a good father. Lord, and I thank you that we together, individually and a church, are walking into a season of financial breakthrough. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give them some praise? So I know you guys know this song. It's called Fresh Fire. And when our pastor was uh, preaching today, this, this verse came to my head. Uh, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Send me and I'll go. You know, it's like God wants us to step out and do things that we may not think we're called to do, we may not think we're able to do, but he wants us to step out in the faith so that we can gain what he has. And that scripture saying, send me, I'll go. Who is willing to do anything for our Lord in any circumstance, at any time in life that our father just says, go and do this and do that. Just like Dan over in the Philippines, God said, go, and Dan went. There was no circumstances of anything. He just got the call from God and God said, go, and he went. That's how we should serve. That's how we should serve. You know, we may not know the outcome of serving, but God is saying serve so that I can give you a victory at the end of your serve, at the end of your service, right? What do you guys want changed in this church? What do you want changed in your life? Serving as a Christian is what's gonna change these people who are non-Christians. How do you expect a non-Christian to know what's going on in this situation if we don't serve and pour out the love of God, right? If we don't show them through our life and our circumstances that God is real and that God does these things, how the heck is anybody supposed to know? So that's why serving is so important. Kirk served like no other and just showing love. And that love changed people. Not even speaking, not even telling, just showing love. Showing love is what changed people. So as we step out today, guys, I ask that you guys just start serving and showing love. I ask that our Father fills us all up with a fresh fire and a fresh anointing so that we can pour out to our kingdom, so that we can pour out to our nation, so that new Christians and new people can come from our Lord. Right? Let's not stay stagnant. Let's not hold all our, all our, let's not hold all our talents in. Let us pour out, let's give up. Let's give up what we have so that new Christians can come. So let's have this fresh fire, this fresh burning, this fresh anointing, so that we can pour out our spirit to those who need our Father.
Bring me a fresh, fresh fire. Bring me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I'm gonna burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I'm gonna burn for you. Let me sing that one more time. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you
get ready to depart, may the fire of the Holy Spirit burn in your heart. May that little spark turn into a flame. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for all that you've put inside of us. We thank you, Lord, that we can be called children of God. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing on each and every person as they go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. This service is over. I love you guys. God bless. Go out and give them heaven. <laughs>